98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The chief exe- the headlines. The chief executive says light public housing is the best way to ease the city's public housing problems. John Lee also says the SAR has what it takes to attract talent and spells out plans to lure talent back to Hong Kong. And the chief executive has defended his government's decision to stick with the mask requirement for Hong Kongers. The chief executive, John Lee, says his idea to build so-called light public housing is the fastest way to ease housing concerns. He was responding to a caller to this morning's RTHK phone-in programme on his policy address. The caller asked whether landfills could be used for future public housing sites. Mr Lee said current estimates showed only one-third of what was needed for public housing could be built in the first five years, so the transitional housing idea helped bridge the gap. Our suggestion of building 30,000 light public housing in locations where we have identified for occupants to occupy for at least five years so that we can then, when the next five-year supply comes in, then the problem will be solved in that way. That is certainty. The chief executive says Hong Kong has the right DNA to attract talent. Speaking on the special RTHK program, phone-in program, he said around 140,000 people had left Hong Kong in the last two years, with two-thirds at managerial level. He said this was why he was focusing on bringing talent back to the city. He acknowledged that COVID restrictions were deterring some people, but said this was a short-term problem. Before this COVID attack, us right? three years ago, we actually have to stop people coming. So Hong Kong is an attractive place. And there are a lot of reasons for it, because what are Hong Kong's DNAs? Hong Kong's DNA is, well, we have a low tax uh, regime. Our tax rate is low. A simple tax uh, regime, tax rate was low. And it's a very vibrant city, very free. Uh, and you have East meets West culture. Um, and also we are the freest economy. One caller to the programme complained about how COVID restrictions were affecting trail races with limits on participants and on the serving of food, even though these races were socially distant. She asked John Lee when such races would be allowed to return to normal. But Mr Lee cited the ongoing COVID situation and expressed concern about recent cases involving children. What I have said in my policy address in LACHCO is while we're still on this road to fight the epidemic, uh, my destination has been made clear, and in the course of going along this path, then I will ensure that we will have tailor-made measures, tailor-made arrangements for events which we want uh, to take place in Hong Kong. Okay. And, and, and trail uh, raising uh, is one of them. And the chief executive defended the government's refusal to lift its requirement for mask wearing in public. That was after a caller questioned the need for the mask mandate, saying he'd been threatened with a fine because he pulled it down in the street so he could have a drink of water. The caller said Hong Kong was masked up because of the hefty fine rather than from fear of catching COVID. But John Lee said the medical benefits of masks were clearly understood and the needs of vulnerable groups had to be taken into account. First of all, is a lot would ensure that if really we have somebody who's infected and he doesn't know about it, then he will not be able to uh, spread uh, the COVID uh, too easily to others. But more importantly is protecting those who need to be protected. 
The Federation of Trade Unions says it's disappointed that the policy address didn't offer any solutions to the traffic congestion in Kowloon East. Its lawmaker, Bill Tang, says the livelihood of thousands of, of tens of thousands of residents are affected because they lack access to the mass transit railway. Over 30,000 people living, for example, Samoping, for example, uh, Sunday or Taiwan Estate. In 2014, a very important uh, government report say they will, in the future, construct seven new railways. Uh, include the East Kowloon Hillside Railway. But uh, we are just wait. With so many years, the policy address also ignore this project. So we are quite disappointed. Turning overseas, a new contest is underway within Britain's governing Conservative Party to decide who will become the next party leader and Prime Minister following Liz Truss's resignation after just six weeks. Her replacement is expected to be appointed by Friday of next week. But the shadow foreign minister for the opposition Labour Party, David Lammy, said the Conservative Party is so divided it'll be difficult for MPs to agree on a candidate and that the continued divisions couldn't come at a worse time for the country. Whoever they elect as their new leader will have the same problems that Theresa May, that Boris Johnson and that Liz Truss has had managing that party. But the terrible situation is that they're having those problems at a time when Britain has an energy crisis, a cost of living crisis, an inflation crisis and a mortgage crisis as a result of the decisions that Liz Truss made. There's mounting evidence that Russia has been withdrawing troops and defence systems from Syria in an effort to bolster its faltering war in Ukraine. The details from the BBC's Mike Thompson. Satellite images obtained by an Israeli firm appear to show that Moscow has recently transferred a sophisticated S-300 air defence system from Syria to Crimea. The move appears to have been prompted by Russia's mounting problems in Ukraine. Wary of this defence system when launching airstrikes against Iranian-backed militia in Syria, Israel has long needed Moscow's cooperation. Analysts predict that with that threat now declining, Israel may have a freer hand, both on airstrikes in Syria and perhaps even on selling arms to Russia's enemy, Ukraine. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky has accused Russia of planting mines at a hydroelectric dam in the Kherson region of southern Ukraine, which is under the control of Moscow's forces. He told EU leaders meeting in Brussels that Russia's leadership had given the order to turn the energy system itself into a battlefield. Mr Zelensky said if the plant was destroyed, it, could cause, it would cause a catastrophe. According to our information, the aggregates and dam of the Kachovka hydroelectric power plant were mined by Russian terrorists. Now everyone in the world must act powerfully and quickly to prevent another Russian terrorist attack. Blowing up the dam would mean a large-scale disaster. EU leaders have signed up to what they're calling a roadmap on ways to shield European consumers from soaring energy prices prompted by Russian restrictions of gas supplies. But after 11 hours of wrangling, there was no decision on whether to declare a cap on the price that the EU is prepared to pay for gas. The European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen made the announcement. If you look at the steps we've made forward, now this roadmap that now has to be worked on and then implemented, it is a joint purchase, big step forward. It is the rules for sharing gas, so the solidarity agreements and the rules that have to be followed in case of a severe disruption. It is the topic of excessive prices and how to limit them. 
President Biden has expressed his concern about the prospects for future assistance to Ukraine if the Republicans win control of one or both houses of Congress in midterm elections. On Tuesday, the Republican leader of the House, Kevin McCarthy, said if his party makes gains in the November elections, it won't write a blank check for Ukraine. Speaking on the campaign trail in Pennsylvania, Mr Biden accused the Republicans of having no sense of American foreign policy. And the United States says Iran has deployed its military experts in Russian-occupied Crimea to help launch further drone attacks on Ukraine. National Security Spokesman John Kirby said the U.S. was considering imposing new sanctions on Tehran. At a news briefing, the Pentagon spokesman, Brigadier General Pat Ryder, condemned Iran's involvement. We do assess that Iranians have been on the ground in Ukraine to assist Russia with the drone operations there. And so in terms of what that means, obviously, again, we continue to see Iran be complicit in terms of exporting terror, uh, not only in the Middle East region, but now also to Ukraine. And so, you know, I think that speaks for itself. A new report by the United Nations says Colombia has broken its own record for cultivating coca, the main ingredient for cocaine. The report by the UN Office on Drugs and Crime revealed that Colombia's coca harvest area increased by 43% last year. Here's the BBC's Katie Watson. Colombia is already the world's largest cocaine producer, and according to the UN, this is the highest figure since the agency started collecting such data 21 years ago. Colombia has been under increasing pressure to crack down on the production of the drug, most of which heads to the United States and Europe. But the government struggled to get farmers to move away from coca production. Promises to provide incentives and subsidies haven't materialised. Colombia's new president, Gustavo Petro, has called the war on drugs a failure. Instead, he wants to regulate the industry and expand programmes to substitute illegal crops. The teenage American chess grandmaster Hans Niemann has filed a lawsuit against his rival Magnus Carlsen after the Norwegian world champion accused him of cheating. Mr Niemann is seeking 100 million US dollars in damages. The BBC's Harry Bly reports. The cheating scandal that has engulfed the world of professional chess began in early September when 19-year-old Hans Niemann, a relatively low-ranking player, was accused of cheating by Magnus Carlsen considered by many to be the greatest player of all time. Neiman is suing Carlson, Chess.com and other high-ranking chess players for colluding to blacklist him from the chess world and making defamatory statements. In response to the lawsuit, Chess.com said there was no merit to the allegations. Magnus Carlson is yet to comment. And the competition regulator in India has imposed a fine of nearly 162 million US dollars on Google for anti-competitive practices on the Android mobile platform. The agency said the tech giant had abused its dominant position in markets such as online search and app store for Android to protect the rankings of its applications like Chrome and YouTube. There's been no comment from the search giant. Google's Android operating system powers more than 95% of India's 600 million smartphones. And Rupert Murdoch's eldest son has lost the opening round of a defamation battle with a small Australian website which accused the billionaire family of inflaming last year's US Capitol riots. Lachlan Murdoch, the CEO of Fox Corporation, is suing Crikey over an article on the attack on the US Capitol building in January 2021. In a preliminary hearing, Mr Murdoch's lawyers asked the court to throw out large parts of Crikey's defence, but Justice Michael Wrigley ruled against Murdoch. Crikey will now be allowed to examine the influence of Fox News in America under its public interest defence. 
Sport and the National League Championship Series resumes in Philadelphia tomorrow morning, Hong Kong time. The Phillies earned a split in San Diego and they'll host the next two games at Citizen Bank Park. Our US sports commentator Ray Jovanovich likes the Padres' chances on the road. The Padres, of course, came back to take Game 2 series, even one game apiece, Games 3 and 4 in Philadelphia. Final note, San Diego Padres had a better record on the road this season than they did at home. So the Padres looking to get back into this series in terms of home field advantage. Meanwhile, the Houston Astros beat the New York Yankees 3-2 to take a 2-0 lead in their Major League Baseball playoff series. The Best of Seven American League Championship Series will resume tomorrow with Game 3 in New York. Football and Steven Gerrard has lost his job as Aston Villa manager after his team's 3-0 Premier League defeat at Fulham. Villa were booed off the pitch as their winless run stretched to four games. Gerrard leaves the club one place above the relegation zone with just two wins this season. In his post-match interview, the former Liverpool captain said he had no intention of quitting. Listen, I'm a fighter. I'm not going to quit. It's not in my DNA. Um, but I certainly share the frustration. I understand it. And, um, yeah, I, I certainly won't shy away from it. And, and you're confident you can turn it round and get Villa out the table? I'll continue to fight. I'll continue to do what I do. Unless I'm told any difference, I will move forward in that position. The Aston Villa midfielder John McGinn said his team's performance was embarrassing. Hugely disappointing, embarrassing, really, to be part of. Uh, it doesn't represent us as players definitely doesn't represent everything this club stands for what the manager stands for so we've let the travelling fans down and we've let the gaffer down and it's, uh, it's a really tough night for us Leicester City recorded their, only their second win in the Premier League this season beating Leeds United 2-0 at King Power Stadium Leicester boss Brendan Rodgers says he liked the way his players defended Yeah very pleased I thought it was a very good performance it's our third clean sheet at home in, in a row so um yeah, Leeds, like they've shown this this season, they're very good in pressing the game. Um, but I thought we managed the, the ball well against the pressure and, and got into some really good areas, in particular first half. And then, um, but key for us tonight was our defensive, collective pressing as a team and our aggression. And I thought we were, you know, from the first minute we ran ourselves into the ground. In the Europa League, Arsenal defeated PSV 1-0 to close in on a place in the last 16. Granit Xhaka got the goal in the 70th minute. The Gunners are top of Group A with a perfect four wins from their four matches so far. They've qualified for the knockout stages with two games to spare. And on to the weather. It'll be fine and dry this afternoon with moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds. The outlook mainly fine tomorrow and windy with a few showers on Sunday. At the observatory, it's 28 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity is 55%. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive says light public housing is the best way to ease the city's public housing problems. John Lee also says the SAR has what it takes to attract talent. And the chief executive defends his government's decision to stick with the mask requirement for Hong Kongers. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
the Eurythmics on Radio 3, and would I lie to you? Hello, good afternoon. 20 past one, it is for a Friday. Sports and all shortly with Danny. Let's have a look at his headlines. Football, another manager bites the dust. F1 budget cap row overshadows US Grand Prix. Cricket T20 gets into full gear this weekend. We've got Aussie New Zealand, India Pakistan, and we will be, he will be on Facebook Live. Love to hear from you. Expert panel, The Brew is the page. Hey, it's a mess out there. They can leave, but we don't care. We'll stay. I'm good right here. I've been waiting for you all year. Come play. Make a mess right here. Do whatever. I like it. We're okay. 